The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence will shake the earth and every heart will know you are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. Today is the last day we will count the Omer. Well, and it's Shavuot. It's the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost. And you should be thinking about revival. Yes, yes, revival. Acts 2 revival. So for those of you who go to church today, think revival. We're going to begin our time with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu. You are our Father, and you are our King. And Lord, we come to you seeking you. Lord, we're hungering and thirsting for you. And that's revival, Lord, that we desire you. We we just want more of you in our lives. And so... Lord, we pray for this day to be a great day of revival. Revival in the churches. Lord, pour out your spirit in the churches. Revive them once again. And let them once again lead in the culture of this country. So, Lord, we pray, Father, for you to be exalted through what goes on today and let it let it last the entire summer and the and the entire fall that there would be a a great hunger and thirst a great zeal for you lord so father we bless you praise you and worship you in the name of yeshua amen well um before we begin i just want to mention that it's the uh year the the renewal for the program uh, this week, and we realized that we fell short financially uh, between how much the airtime costs and how much we received in. So if you would like to help us make up the difference, that would be wonderful by sending an offering with and help us stay on the air. Um, it helps us also know that people value this program enough to give uh, finances to it. Trust me, we're not making money on this. This is just something to pay the bills, right? (laughs) Okay, thank you. Now, uh, we also are collecting money for the Messianic Jewish community in the Ukraine, as we have done for a few months now. And as we've mentioned for the past six weeks, we're kind of stuck on the $40,000 mark and hoping to get to $50,000, another $10,000. So feel free to help us with that as well. And of course you can the easiest way is to call the office 813-831-5673. Well, let's begin our last time this year of counting the Omer. Baruch ata Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kidishanu bemitzvatav vitzivanu al sifarat haomer. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and has commanded us to count the Omer. Today is the 50th day I have counted the Omer. Baruch Hashem, which means blessed be his name. 
It's Shavuot. And Shavuot means weeks, but the singular is Shavua. So we could say Shavua Tov, which means have a good week. Amen? Well, the theme for this uh, Counting the Omer is do God's will. And the scriptures, Matthew twelve fifty, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. Ecclesiastes twelve fourteen. God will bring every deed into judgment, including everything that is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in not an eye with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And finally, James four seventeen. Therefore, whoever knows the right thing to do and does not do it, for him it is sin. The thought uh, for today is God's ways. This is a quote from uh, Dale Ralph Davis who I don't know, but uh, it's a quote from him anyway. Uh, God's ways will frequently baffle us, but God's will is sufficiently clear to lead us in the meantime. God's ways may not be clear, but our way is, at least enough of it to know what obedience requires. Hmm. Wow. We have a choice. Do it. Not do it, or find an excuse or a rationalization. God's will is clear. Love God and love your neighbor. The entire Torah and the prophets hang on these two commandments, Matthew twenty two forty. The challenge for today, oftentimes we make things complicated by talking about the law when discussing God's will. However, though the law is important, doing God's will begins with loving him and loving all people with whom we come in contact with. That is the basis of Yeshua's prayer in John 17. Our challenge is to love God and people daily, moment by moment, continuously and forever. Our prayer, Lord, as you disciple, as your disciple, I want to love the way you love. I want to see people through your eyes. I want to be seen as someone who loves in all circumstances through the power of your spirit working in me. Ah, When I think of uh, Shavuot, when I think of Pentecost, I think of revival and You know, we spoke last week about the characteristics of revival. This week, I want to make it a little more personal, maybe. Uh, To me, revival is defined by being alive in Yeshua, as opposed to being dead, being asleep, uh, (laughs) you know, being on the fence. Uh, But this is life. Life in Yeshua, if you feel that you are alive in Yeshua, I believe that is at least the beginning of revival, if not revival itself. There are a number of things we can do to become alive in Yeshua. When I think of someone who did much to become alive in the Lord, I think of King David. You know, we know the story that as king, he sees Bathsheba and he wants her. However, she's married to Uriah, and King David has Uriah killed in war, and he takes Bathsheba to be his wife. Nathan the prophet comes to King David, right? 
and tells him a story about one who was rich taking from the one who's poor. That incensed King David, right? And he, he heard the story, immediately said that the rich person should be killed. He should be, something should happen, right? And Nathan said to the king, you are that person. Ooh. This was the restoration of King David's revival with the Lord because he recognized that he had sin and he repented. And though God judged him for his sin, he also gave King David a vibrant relationship with him. Psalm 51, 3 through 15, which was written after that time. Be gracious to me, O God, according to your mercy. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are just when you speak and blameless when you judge. So we'll stop there for a moment, and and you can see uh, King David's heart on this. He knows he has sinned. He's asking for God to take care of the sin. He knows that it's evil in God's sight, and and whatever God does to him, God's going to be blameless because he deserves, King David deserves to be judged, right? But what makes this a revival scripture and we'll read a little more of it in a moment, is the fact that you've got to recognize your sin, and then you've got to repent of it. And now we're going in the right direction. So verse 7, Behold, I was born in iniquity and in sin when my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner being. Make me know wisdom inwardly. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I'll be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness, so the bones you crushed may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. So we're at the same place, kind of there, and and all of a sudden uh, comes these great verses, a couple of my favorite verses, starting with verse 12 and going to 15. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit, your Ruach HaKodesh, from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. This is definitely written by a man who is intimate with the Lord as he was recognizing his sins and repenting of them. God was filling King David with the faith that he has for that he that he was forgiven and that God was not only with him, but was anointing him to receive this revival spirit, this personal revival for us. There are first steps to revival as well, just like with King David. As I mentioned, you recognize your sin, you repent and turn away from your sin. You allow God to wash you clean and receive it. Look, this is his word. You accept it or you don't. 
<clears throat> you don't. And when it says, when I say receive it, it means that you have to believe and receive that God has washed you clean. That allows you not to be bitter, but even though you're going to face the consequences of your sins that you've committed, but it require it, it causes you to be better. It keeps your eyes on the Lord and not allowing the sin to entangle you with the world. King David comes to the point that as he receives the gift of being forgiven from the Lord, he will then lead others who have sinned to the Lord. This is revival. You're saying, well, where did that happen? In verse 15 that I read, then will I teach transgressors. So here's this sinner and he's been washed clean, and he says, now, since you've washed me clean, I will teach transgressors your ways, and they, sinners, will return to you. And when sinners return to God, that's revival. Amen? A great scripture also leading us to revival, but maybe you don't think of it as a revival-type scripture. We need to read it, study it, and apply it to our lives is Philippians 2 and Philippians 3. We'll start at chapter 2. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Messiah, if there is any comfort of love, if there's any fellowship of the Ruach, if there is any mercy and compassion, then make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love, united in spirit with one purpose. So what this is saying is that part of what is going to bring the spirit that we're looking for, this revival spirit, is unity. Now, how do we get the unity? We keep going on verse 3. Do nothing out of selfishness or conceit. But with humility, consider others as more important than yourselves, looking not only for your own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was in Messiah Yeshua. So we see here that what brings unity is humility, the idea of not allowing our own will to be in front of other people. And so in verse 6, it says, uh, talking about Yeshua, who, though existing in the form of God, did not consider being equal to God a thing to be grasped. Do you understand that scripture? It's an amazing scripture. It says that we shouldn't consider our position. I'm a rabbi. Oh, big deal. Right? Well, Yeshua is saying, hey, I'm God in the flesh, and I'm not considering that. Uh, in in dealing with you. I, I mean, that's an amazing thing. Because then it says in verse 7, he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, becoming the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. So this is what God is asking us to do. He humbled himself, verse 8, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God was highly exalted. God highly exalted him, Yeshua. So that's pretty amazing. For the reason of emptying himself, for the reason of humility, from the reason of, I mean, this is 
God's economy. It's, it's, it's different. And so revival requires us to, to get closer to God by having more of these attributes of humility. So in 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6, it says, Likewise, you younger ones, submit yourselves to the elders, and all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that he may lift you up at the appropriate time. The power of humility in God's kingdom is that God will lift you up at the proper time. That's what actually happened with Yeshua. Verse 12, Therefore, my loved ones, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, it's not enough to come to know Yeshua as Messiah. Now we've got to work this out with fear and trembling, meaning that we need to humble ourselves before what God desires for us. Verse 13, for the one working in you is God, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God wants you to do well, so we must persevere. We can't give up. We have to have great hope. We have to have faith. Revival is near. And so we have to hunger and thirst for the Lord. Now, what other instructions do we have here so that we can be like Yeshua? In verse 14, it says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. (laughs) Okay. So that you might be blameless and innocent children of God in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. In other words, we know that this generation is crooked and twisted, and and you are not to join that, but you are to be blameless and innocent by not grumbling or arguing. Is that clear? Oh, my goodness. Among Then it says, among them you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that I may boast in the day of Messiah that I did not run or labor in vain. So your humility will bring revival. Your humility will stop you from grumbling or arguing. Your humility will keep you from a twisted generation. Your humility will allow you to rejoice, which will bring revival. You can only rejoice as you fo- your focus stays on the Lord. Like with King David, it's about getting better rather than being bitter. How do you do that? We understand and desire the heart of the heart of Messiah. So what is the heart of Messiah? Well, to me, it's nine, Luke 9, 23. Then Yeshua was saying to everyone, if anyone wants to follow me, He must deny himself, take up his cross every day, and follow me. That's the humility that God is calling for. And then we see it again and would do what Paul did by focusing on Philippians 3. This is so important. But whatever things were gained to me, these I've considered as loss for the sake of Messiah. More than that, I consider all things to be lost in comparison to the surpassing value of the knowledge of Messiah Yeshua, my Lord. Because of him, 
I have suffered the loss of all things, and I consider them garbage, in order that I might gain Messiah and be found in him, not having my righteousness derived from Torah, but one that is through trusting in Messiah, the righteousness from God based on trust. My aim is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. If somehow I might arrive at the resurrection from among the dead. I mean, is this strong and powerful? This is an amazing scripture. You you need to spend time in Philippians 3 and then I... I you know, as we draw close to the end of our, our time today, I don't want to uh, miss the, the scripture that follows just after it because it's very directional on how I believe we are to be able to do this, this humility and all of this and, 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 and follow the Lord. And it says in verse 12, not that I've already obtained this or been perfected, but I press on if only I might Take hold of that for which Messiah Yeshua took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself as having taken hold of this. But this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal for the reward of the upward calling of God in Messiah Yeshua. If we can do this, we are on our way to be revived. You know, some people say, well, I wonder what my purpose, my goal should be as a believer. What should I be doing? And I would just read to you once again, verse 14. I press on toward the goal for the reward of the upward calling of God in Messiah Yeshua. Well, revival was promised to King Solomon. However, the riches of the world distracted him, causing him to lose not only his discernment and, and, and his relationship with the Lord, but he lost his kingdom that the Lord allowed him to build. But we'll talk about that next week because it's, it's time to go. What can I tell you? Uh, it goes quickly. So I'd just like to mention a couple things before you leave that uh, if you feel this program is valuable, you'd like to help us financially, call Karen at 813-831-5673 or go to rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. But we could really use um, a little financial boost in these days. Uh, also, I uh, just... Love for you guys to visit us. Uh, check us out online, Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. We have four locations. Uh, most importantly, send a gift to Ukraine. Again, calling Karen or anybody in our office, 813-831-5673. We'd love to send that extra $10,000 to Ukraine this week. And so... Uh, 
Well, let's close in prayer. Let me read two scriptures as we close. Will you not revive us again so your people may rejoice in you? That's Psalm 85, 7. And Isaiah 57, 15. For thus says the high and exalted one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in a high and holy place, yet also with a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and revive the heart of the contrite. Lord, I pray for that kind of a revival in me, Lord, and in all that are listening to my voice, that you would uh, just revive the spirit of those humble and revive the hearts of the contrite. I pray that all those who are listening will grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah The God of Israel